This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on 7 Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania, just down the street from Blue Ribbon Dairy. Open through the winter, offering gift cards, poinsettia centerpieces, tropical holiday sleighs, pictures with Santa, and more. And if you're looking for snow removal services, they can take care of that too. Do not break your back this winter. Contact Keller's today and visit their social media pages for more info and hours of operation. My guest today is Adam McKinley, founding member of the band Suze from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Suze has been a band in NEPA for about 15 years now, and while they are not as active as they once were, they get together around the holidays for an annual show. This year, they'll be playing Christmas Night at the River Street Jazz Cafe in Plains, Pennsylvania, and paying tribute to the Red Hot Chili Peppers by performing the classic Blood Sugar Sex Magic album in its entirety. Proceeds from this show will go to the Car for Cancer Foundation. We get into that and more on this episode of the PopGo Project podcast. Thanks as always for listening. And we're live. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Not too much. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's uh, what is it? Tuesday only. It's Tuesday night. Yeah, almost long. Christmas. Long. Yeah, we're uh, what, eleven days out from Christmas. Yeah. I uh, had my son's basketball practice tonight. Uh, I'm I'm his coach, and uh, it's a wild ride. Where does he play at? Uh, he plays in like the Pittston area. Um, well, so they started already, huh? Yeah, he's he's he'll be four in a couple weeks, so he's like real young. Like he he probably too young, but I wanted to introduce him to. Oh, I hear you, man. My daughter played two years ago. Um, so it was twenty. Actually, it was right before the pandemic, twenty twenty. Um, but their season didn't start till January, and she's playing again this year. Um, but same thing, they don't start till January. So I was just surprised to hear that they started already. She's doing the Willie Abramski League. Over at the Kingston Rec. Okay. Um, I don't know what that even means. Like, I don't know if that's different <laughs> than... How old is she? She's eight. She just turned eight, um, like, two weeks ago, actually. So. Man, you're an old man. <laughs> I am an old man. I, didn't I, for, I forgot I was going to have some beard competition tonight. I forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fresh, too. I just got it shaped up on Friday. Hey, yours is much nicer than mine. Mine gets like really thin and scraggly. I, I can't ever get the, the length that you have because it's all, it's all wiry and shit. Yeah, I started growing mine longer because mine used to be patchy. Like I'd have like little open patches. So I was like, well, I guess I got to grow it in to not look like a patchy idiot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm joined tonight by... Adam McKinley, and <clears throat> I'm really excited uh, to talk to you for many reasons. Um, you got a big show coming up at the River Street Jazz Cafe at the end of the month. And dude, like, we've both been in, like, the, the scene, right? Sure. Um, Adam is, um, uh, are you the founder of the band yeah. Suze? Mm-hmm. All right, so you're the founder of the band Suze. Like, Suze has been around for, what, 10, 12, 15 years? What is it? Years. 15, 15 years. Okay. Jesus. So, I mean, I've, I started at the weekender in 2005. Um, right. so like I was in the circuit as, as the same time you were, and we never really crossed paths. I don't even know how it's possible. 
Yeah, I was actually thinking that before we uh, we came on, even before we talked, before we started recording. Um, I was like, wow, I said, I've known who this guy is for 15 years, and I don't think we've ever really met in person or had like a conversation at length, unless I'm not remembering correctly. I think you're accurate. I don't, I don't even think we said a word to one another. If if I saw you, you saw me, it was one of those. Yeah. What's up, man? Head, head nods. Like I know you, you know me, Yeah. but we don't really know each other. So we're not going to (laughs) talk, but it's wild. I don't, I don't, and what's even funnier is like, I have never seen the band suits. Oh, there you go. I've spent my entire career going out to bars, restaurants, clubs, whatever it may be. Um, checking bands out right. whether it's a full band so and you do solo stuff too i've never seen yeah. you play solo either so well, weird there's more about me or more about you what's that i said i don't know if that says more about me <laughs> as a musician <laughs> no it has no, nothing I'm to do with you i'm teasing i'm teasing i know i know you are but it's just it's just it's like not even by accident i don't even know how no, it's possible it's, it, it, you know what it happens dude i mean it's like like i said i'm i'm good friends with a lot of these guys that you know as well like dust yeah. and people like that and I mean, I, I mean, uh, Dustin's bass player, Matt, who's the older brother of our guitarist, Adam, he, he plays with us. I haven't seen their band in five years, yeah, at least, you know, and they're good friends of mine. I don't even think I've really been out for live music other than when I play in at least four or five years. So, yeah. I, so I get it is what, is, what I'm, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I just, I don't. Happen I just, than you think. I just don't, I don't, I, I'm just shocked. Like it's, it's really one of those weird things. And I was thinking about that a lot before we, we got on here, like you said, it's just right. whatever, but Sue's man, it's been, it's been around for 15 years. It's not as active as it once was. I mean, we, we all, it happens. You get older, you get married, you have kids, you get jobs I and mean, these things happen. Um, but Sue's has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to, I want to kind of get into the history of Sue's before we get into the current uh, state of of Sue's. Right. So, uh, how how did Sue's happen? What's Sue's all about? What's the genre? What's the deal? Um, so I'll try to give the abbreviated version as much as I can while still not leaving out much detail. So, I started playing guitar when I was like nineteen years old. Um, so that's about sixteen, seventeen years ago at this point. And I really just started doing it to have fun. And I was always able to sing. I did chorus in high school. Um, so I was always able to carry a tune, you know, recognize pitch, all that stuff, but I was never thinking of being a musician or a serious musician. I mean, obviously you have dreams of being whatever, but like, you're never, I didn't think like, oh, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to work my way to being a musician. So I started playing the guitar and it was mostly just to be the guy at the party that could sing a song and play the guitar. Cause I was always able to sing. And my group of friends, we all grew up kind of singing songs together. Like I'm, from a big Irish Catholic family, a lot of sing song stuff going on with that. So long story short, fast forward a few years, I end up at Penn state. And while I'm at Penn state in the same building as me was John young Condi, who I don't know, you might even know who he is. He's a local I, filmmaker. Yep. Um, he lived in the same building as I did. And my roommates were also from the area. So they knew him. Ipso facto. I met him. We used to come back from the bar all the time and I would play the guitar and, sing and we would have sing-alongs and which is exactly why i started playing so at the end of the year his family throws a big uh pig roast for memorial day every year so he basically asked me to play i had never played a gig before so i had two buddies that i uh grew up with that were guitar players so i asked them to play with me 
One of them switched to bass, Brandon Schaffron. So he played bass, Chris Bednar played the guitar, and we did this like trio gig. And I think we played like like 10 songs, you know, at this party. Week later, we meet the drummer, and then all of a sudden we have a band. And then our buddy basically, without telling us, booked us at Sanuna's one night in the summer that year. And we had very minimal time to prepare, and we had like no material. So that was kind of how the band started, but it went well. Like that was the thing. It didn't like bomb. And I think if maybe it bombed, I don't know if we would have continued to do it, but it like went so well and we got such a reception because it was almost like a a feeling of like, oh, these guys have a band, like from like people that we went to high school with or even college with, you know? So that's kind of how the band started. And then we started getting better and better and we were playing covers. And then eventually we were like, hey, why don't we start writing our own songs? So about a year and a half, two years in, we started writing our own songs and that was kind of where it all took off from. And then we spent a long period of time concentrating on only writing songs um, for a good chunk of those, those years in the middle there. So, but that was basically the, the iteration of the band. It was almost like by accident in a way, but uh, it all ended up working out for everybody. So. It's probably a good thing that you, uh, you know, had a, had a gig in, in front of like a, you know, family and friends type thing. And then also, you know, at Sununas's, which is a, a local yeah. college bar in uh, Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Uh, and again, going back to how I've never seen you, like, I mean, I spent a lot of time in my college years and even after college at Sununas. Um, so, so, but yeah, what I'm saying is like, <clears throat> yeah. even if, even if you stunk, right. you play a song that people know, it's a college bar, people are drinking, they just want to hear yeah. stuff that they, they recognize and it's a good time. So it's, it's probably a good, good, good thing to, to start there at that level. Yeah, it was almost, it's almost like karaoke, you know, like yeah. people are just excited that you're doing it. Yeah. You know? But then if you actually do it well, they're like, oh shit, like this guy can, these guys can do it. You know, like if you ever see somebody do karaoke and they can actually sing, yeah, <laughs> like, you're like, wait a second, is somebody actually singing well, yeah. you know, who is, so, who's this person? Right. And so I think we had enough like baseline talent that like, I mean, our drummer, Kevin was five years older than us. So he was already in his late twenties by the time we met him. So he was kind of an experienced musician in terms of just like his, his skills, you know? So he was a pretty good drummer for our skill level, you know? And then I, by almost by like necessity got better at playing guitar because I needed to, you know, like it was like, well, what am I going to do? Like just stand up here and suck or should I work at this? Cause <laughs> previous to that, it was, like I said, it was just kind of a leisure activity, you know, sit in the room, learn a Pink Floyd tune or something and, you know, whatever, and then go beyond, beyond my way. But then it turned into like, Oh, we got to learn a bunch of songs if we want to keep playing gigs. And so that's what kind of led the band to progress was that I was so driven to get better myself that I started pushing the band in that direction as well. Like, Hey, like, if we work at this a little bit, like we can actually be pretty good. Like it's not, this isn't like a fluke. Like I think we have something here. Um, and that's not to say like, I was the only one that thought that, but I was always the one kind of pushing it forward. Like, Hey, let's keep, let's keep doing this. Let's keep like trying to progress. Let's, let's get a better practice regimen. Let's, let's get a schedule. You know, I mean, for, for so many years, we practiced Wednesday, Thursday, almost every week. I mean, for a decade you know, mm -hmm. which is crazy. I mean, obviously there's some off weeks in there, but um, it was a pretty regimented thing at a certain point. And I think, like I said, it's all because of the energy of that initial show where it was like people enjoyed it, like regardless if it was good or not, you know, 
people enjoyed it enough to give us the confidence to keep going with it. You know, I yeah, think which is important. which is great. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, for anybody doing yeah. any, you know, confidence, you know, really can can get you to the next step. You know. Yeah, and, and a lot of bands start out for that reason. They 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 start playing covers. They want to play songs that mm-hmm. you know, a they can you know learn and, and mimic, and you know get you know uh, shows booked and, and make some money. Yeah. Why was it important to you guys to start creating your own original material? Um, I don't know if I could speak for everybody, but I think in my head it validated us in some way. Um, and this isn't the, the the exact right phrase, but it was almost like uh, separating ourselves from the pack. It was, and not, not and not to say, like I said, not to say we were the only ones writing music, but there was those two sectors of it where it was like, okay, these are the people that are cover bands, and then there's the original dudes that like we looked up to, like Cabinet and Mike Miz and people like that that were writing their own music that we wanted to get to that point like where we were where they were singing our songs you know because we're playing all these great classic rock tunes and fish tunes and whatever else we were playing when we first started and it was just like the thought in my head was like well this would be cool if they were singing our songs like this you know right and i was always interested in in creating songs anyway like i used to do I used to dabble with some stuff with some friends in high school actually like they used to do like they had like a like a hip hop group almost and they used to they used to just record these raps like on the weekends like that's what they would do they'd hang out and I would come sometimes and sing the hook you know and whatever but that was that was like my first introduction into almost like like creating my own stuff and being like oh this is kind of cool to like make up my own stuff now I wasn't as educated as a musician as I probably needed to be to get better at that quicker but um but it was something that I worked at. Like I really wanted to get good at writing songs. And I think for a while there I did get pretty good. Um, you know, not I don't mean to pat myself in the back. It just I, I felt comfortable doing it at a certain point. I got to the point where I did it so much and so often that I was just like, Oh, this is comfortable now. It doesn't feel forced or like something I can't quite attain, but I'm still working at, you know, it was it kind of became easier for a while, you know, when I was doing it all the time. But but like I said, for me, I, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it was just kind of that like, well, let's let's take ourselves to a different spot and, and let's let's come up with some stuff. You know, like I think we're creative enough people that we can do that. So that was kind of the the crux of it all, you know? Yeah. And I can appreciate, you know, you kind of danced around, um, you know, you, you didn't want to shit on cover bands. And I've talked to a lot of musicians like, no, yeah. and they're like there's nothing wrong with cover bands. There's Absolutely. nothing. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys out there and girls out there who do it extremely well, almost to the point where you can't even tell it's a cover. You think it's actually sure. artists in the room, but I mean, it, <clears throat> there's something uh, to say about a band who can also write their own material because uh, I don't want to say anybody could, you know, copy someone else's stuff because I mm-hmm. couldn't, but like, I mean, you're going to the next step. You're you're writing your own music. You're writing lyrics. Like you're composing everything together. It's a lot more difficult to do that when the blueprint isn't already set. Right. So I mean, I, I know you danced around it a little bit because you didn't want to like shit on uh, cover bands, and you're yeah. not by any means. You're not at all. Um, but I hope people appreciate the fact that you know people who are trying to write original stuff. It's not you're not copying something. You're you're creating it from you know the ground up. Totally. And I mean, even, even when, I mean, still to this day when we cover stuff, but even when we, we, 
would cover stuff like we would come at it. I mean, part, part of it was uh, lack of lack of knowledge or ability. Part of it was laziness, but we would almost come up with our own version of cover songs. Like, like not even like I'm not because we were trying to be like, Oh, well let's be different. And like, whatever, like I always like to cover stuff that wasn't obvious. So like the stuff that everybody's covering, you know, like, like I always said, like, if we're going to play cream, I'm not going to play sunshine or love. I'm going to play outside woman blues, which is a tune that we used to cover or even like tales of brave Ulysses, like one that you wouldn't expect to hear. But if you like cream, you're going to recognize and be like, Oh shit, they're playing that song, you know? And that was where a lot of that originality came from too, was we, we always used to call, we would suze up the song. Like we would, we would jam on it cause we were into jam bands and stuff. We would just play a three chord song and just kind of let it go and see what happened and, and have these long jams. So even when we were covering stuff, we were almost like coming up, coming up with our own original ideas to interpret the songs. We were never like a note for note kind of band. And again, a lot of it was laziness. A lot of it was lack of ability or knowledge of music at the time. You know, we, I mean, we all understood music to, a basic extent, but none of us were, you know, savants at reading music or, sure. or music theory or anything like that. Like we just know it sounded good to us. And we figured the people that like the same things that we do would also think it sounded good, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. You know what I mean? And, but, but to your point, like I, I admire cover bands. Cause I think, I mean, actually the, what we're doing for this Christmas show is, is, is a testament to how difficult it really is to be, a really talented cover band that takes the time to dissect the song the way it was written and doesn't just lazy it up and yeah, okay, I'm just going to play the, the the one formation of that C chord. I'm not going to find that voicing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like those people have a talent all their own to be able to do that. Cause I'm not built that way. I don't learn stuff note for note. I like to have a little bit of my own feel into it. Um, that's just the kind of way I approach it. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of that originality came from was, was a lot of the cover stuff we were doing back then and still do to this day. So if I was to go out and see a, a Suze show, <clears throat> Suze is S-U-Z-E, mm-hmm. um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what, what could I expect to have heard? Oh, man. Was, it, was there a specific thing you guys kind of like uh, uh, kind of flocked to or that you kind of specialized in? I mean... We, we bounced like our, uh, the stuff we covered, we bounced around. Like, like I said, we covered some cream, we covered fish, we covered mo, um, you know, to the best of our ability at that time. I don't think we were even <laughs> now looking back. It was like, we probably shouldn't have been covering that stuff, but who knows, but we would do like stuff like that. We had, I mean, I know we used to do like, uh, what's the Zeppelin song, uh, Hey, hey, what can I do? I got a woman, she won't be true. We yeah, used to do that one. We used to do like, just like a random hodgepodge. It was kind of like everybody had their own tunes that they wanted to cover. So we were all just like, screw it. Like, we'll just all throw our songs in the ring and we'll learn them. And so it was a lot of that stuff. We used to do some talking heads. Um, so it was, it was a lot of like jam band-esque stuff and, and kind yeah, of some classic like, rock. Right, right. And some old classic rock that could be turned into jam band stuff, like some easy two, three chord songs, you know, blues tunes by Cream and stuff like that, or or just jamming on like Purple Haze, like an easy Hendrix song, like, you know, something that is just mostly chords that you could just get a groove going and somebody could play a solo for 
10 minutes when you got fill time and you don't have a lot of material like we used to do. So, but yeah, it was a lot of that classic rock, you know, jam band stuff. Cool. Um, and it still kind of is, to be honest, you know, we just, uh, we progressed to maybe more difficult songs or whatever you want to say, but it's still kind of the same model, you know? Right. And 15 years later, the band is not as active as it once was. Um, you play maybe, you know, one or two shows a year, right? Yeah, about that now. That's about what the average has been for the past couple of years. Now, is that just because, you know, life gets in the way and... Yeah, it was, it's a, it's a, it was like a, it's a lot of things, but it's kind of just like that, basically. I mean, we had some members change over, over the years. And then, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to keep a band like this going when you're changing members because, and it's of no fault of their own, but the new members aren't as invested in the band as you are, especially a band at our level that we don't do it for a living. You know, we're not touring all the time. It's not a lucrative project but it's still fun. And I still think we made some good music and we still have the ability to make great music in the future, hopefully, but it's hard to get people to really care about it as much as like, especially I do. Cause I'm the only founding member left. Adam, our guitarist has been with me for 12 years. I mean, he's been there almost the whole life of the band, but he's, he's vested in it. But then everybody else is kind of, they came along along the way. So it's partly that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to rehearse every week too. You know, when you get older, um, not even if you don't, you know, if you, even if you don't have kids or you don't, whatever, it's just, there's not as much drive to go sit somewhere for three hours on a Wednesday night and rehearse, you know? So it's like, it's like all those factors plus, um, you know, life did get in the way, you know, like I got two kids now, Adam just had a baby, you know, we were all married at one point. Like I said, members left. We had guys come and go. So it's just when you keep starting it over, it's really hard to keep doing that. Like to to teach the fourth bass player the songs that we wrote 12 years ago instead of just working on new stuff. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I, got, I got in that rut personally with the band um, in that way where I was just like, I felt like I was just doing the same thing every two years. It was just like, oh. Somebody else knew coming in. Now we got to teach him everything and not everything's on re- recording. So then you got to like chart everything out and explain it. And it's like, what is this for? You know, like if, yeah. if it's only going to be a couple times a year or however much we were playing. So, so it's a lot of that stuff, but um, I think ultimately there's no reason to ever stop completely. Like there's no reason to ever say like, Nope, this is completely dead. It doesn't exist anymore. I got to that point a few times in my own head. But ultimately, like, it can still exist in the way that it does. I mean, we still draw a crowd when we do play the few times we do. We still have music that we've never recorded that we could certainly record and make, a, you know, a, a, even a, a, an LP, but an EP for sure, you know. So it's, um, again, it's just a lot of those things. And it's hard to get the, the engine revved again, you know, yeah. to do it. So, Well, it's got to be cool now, too, because the shows that you have, do you do have now, <clears throat> probably are killer maybe maybe yeah. some of the best shows you ever have because Absolutely. it's once twice a year and people are, are amped up for it and like yo know, i i'm gonna drop what i'm doing i'm gonna go see Sue's this day this year because i won't see him for another year again so there's there's a special kind of thing for that too totally, totally. totally. but you also play i think you still are actively solo mm-hmm. um 
<clears throat> did you, did you kind of go towards that avenue because you had more control? You, you know, you you have the drive, you have the energy, you you still want to play. Um, was that easy for you to kind of transition into because you know it's just you? You don't have to worry about anybody else, and obviously you, you love probably you probably love playing, right? Oh goddamn, yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely my favorite thing to do. You know, I mean, that's that's without a doubt. That's the main reason I do it because I still love to just play music for people. You know, that's the that's the ultimate thing with all of this is like that part of it is still there for me, at least like I still love, you know, if there was three people sitting here right now, I would love to play for them, whatever, like, you know what I mean? But, um, I was playing solo a lot. No, I shouldn't say a lot, but I was playing solo relatively often when the band was, was in full swing as well, but not as much because I was putting more, I was, I was reserving more time for the band, like keeping open more dates for potential band gigs, you know? So I would sneak the, the occasional acoustic gig in here and there, but, um, it's, it's an easy transition because it's just a lot easier to manage. I mean, that's what it ultimately comes down to, you know, um, you know, we already talked about getting older and having things happen throughout life that make you busier. I mean, I went back to school years ago, so I go to school at night you know, during the fall and the spring, um, I got two kids, I went through a divorce. So that whole thing, you know, now I have a set schedule with them, which makes it harder to do, like to, to organize other schedules along with it. So it's just easier for me to manage that. Cause I can, I make my own schedule. If I don't want to play next weekend. I don't book myself, you know, right. you control it. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's nice in that respect. Um, but like I said, I, I mean, I do it because I still really like playing. And honestly, like part of it too is, I, I mean, I make more money doing it because I don't have to split it with everybody sure. and it's easier to get paid a little bit more like uh, per person, so to speak, when you play acoustic um, than it is a band. Because even if you bring a five piece band, like if you're asking for a thousand dollars, that's only 200 bucks a guy, you know, but the, the venue doesn't want to pay you a thousand dollars. You're going to bring no. 300 people out, you know? But if I go play solo and ask for 200 bucks or whatever it is, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. in that respect, too, it's, it's you know, it's a financial thing. And it's also, I do love to play all the time. And I don't think, like, I'm willing to play four nights a week. I don't know if most people are. You know what I mean? Um, especially, like, a guitarist that doesn't sing and, you know, has to lug his amp everywhere. Or a drummer that has to lug, lug his kit everywhere four days a week. You know, so it's easier in that respect because I, I'm the only person I have to deal with. You know right. what I mean? So, but I do like it. I, I I enjoy it. It makes me better. So, yeah. I remember like <clears throat> bands were really popular in like the, uh, and I'm talking, you know, my my time in mm-hmm. the the club scene and when I was 21 and able to go see bands, but like early 2000s to like mid to late 2000s, I think 2008 when the economy kind of took a shit, um, a lot of bars and things like that um, kind of went towards DJs and solo musicians. Absolutely. You know, those, those, those assholes like DJ Hirsch that are taking up the spots. That. And that, that guy, man, he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, it's, it's funny to see. And I think like before the pandemic hit uh, <clears throat> almost two years ago now, Mm-hmm. which is crazy to even say right. i felt like like the local scene and, and like there was 
there was less venues to play in, but like there were more bands, at least I think, playing in, in places. Like oh. you have places like Carl Hall, the Jazz Cafe, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think about like you know I think Sununa's had a, a band a couple times here and there. Uh, Scranton, I think, was uh, a little bit ahead of the Wilkes-Barre area in that you know the V Spot and Stage West and uh, a few other play- uh, the Keys, uh, Harry's. A lot of places up there to play, mm-hmm. but I feel like bars were giving bands a chance again, and then, um, and that's just from my perspective, yeah. And then COVID hit and kind of fucked everything up again, yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a <clears throat> it's a really ebbs and flows, I guess you could say, as far yeah, as it's, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I mean, and again, it goes back to what I was just saying about solo. It's easier for me. It's easier for the venues too to have yeah. solo people. You got one guy to deal with. You pay one guy. He has a couple beers while he's playing or DJing or whatever he does. You know, you're not you're not shelling out six meals to, to a band, and you know what I mean. Like it's just, yeah, you're, you're and, not playing Rage Against the Machine, and, and the people are burning the place to the ground at the end of the night. <laughs> man, I wish I wish we were doing that. You know, I know those are the fun um, times. Right, right. We actually did a rage. We did a rage tribute for our five year anniversary, which is funny. Yeah. I think it's, it's actually on archive.org. It's, it was recorded. It, we we listened to it last summer, and it was we were like, "Holy shit, this is way fucking better than I remember," you know. But That's um, funny. But yeah, man. Like that was when we started. It was two thousand seven. That was our first year playing, and everybody used to tell us, "They're like, yeah, you missed it, man. Like five years ago, Wednesday night, there'd be four hundred people out for a band, and it's like." Oh, that's great. Like we could barely pull <laughs> 200 on a Friday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and it was, it was that it was the economy. And I think honestly, like nowadays there's just more options for people for things to do like that, that doesn't involve going out right. to a bar, seeing a band, you know, getting all sweaty and, and these drink. kids can't hang these days. That's what, that's what it comes down to. Oh, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with they're, you. They're scared of a DUI. Listen, I, I, I'm with you. Dude, I'm with you. And, I'm kidding. And, but I'm even kidding. the old, like even our generation, like, I mean, I, I won't lie, man. There's a lot of times where I'd rather be sitting and playing, you know, Call of Duty than going out to the bar. And yeah, like, but I, not, and no offense, but I mean, like, you're what mid thirties? Yeah, thirty six. Thirty six. Okay, like, if I had access to an Uber when I was twenty one, twenty two, now you're. Right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful that I didn't, because I probably would have gotten different trouble. But like, I mean. I don't know. We had to worry. We had to rely on some of one of our friends to like kind of, you know, hold it back and not get nuts or, yeah. you know, go to a bar that was close to home. And, you know, cause I, I mean, I don't condone drinking and driving. I, I, I never have, but like, I, I think we were, we probably took more risks, uh, you know, when we were younger. And I think kids these days, uh, which is a good thing. I think they're smarter. Um, they're healthier. They're, they're more health conscious. So they're not like trying to go to a bar and drink beer and, all they're that smoke. kind of stuff. Yeah, they don't even smoke cigarettes anymore. No, but they're they're doing this. Oh That's yeah, that that too. Yeah, like I mean, we see. I, I work for uh, Northeast Eagle Distributors, so I sell beer, and we talk about it all the time. It's like, bro, you're taking you're taking my segues. <laughs> Stop it. Well, we we'll pretend everybody pretend you didn't hear me say that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. We always talk how the oh geez, got you got to go back. Yeah, I, I forget. I think I was. I went away on vacation, oh, yeah. like to Cape May, and I, I got like a a seltzer. Well, I mean, 
<clears throat> I wanted to try it. The the flavor sounded interesting. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, thanks <clears throat> thanks for taking that from me. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Whatever. Why don't you just host the interview? Just you go ahead. You talk. That's fine, bro. Uh, I'm always I'm always saying. So, you know? I go ahead. No, no I was just gonna say like we we always talk about how uh, non-alcoholic beer is growing all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and it's because kids are just smoking weed and then they're going to the bar and they're drinking Bud Zero and and O'Doul's and Heineken Zero and all that stuff. And What's I think the point? that's important too. I think it's all these things happening at once. You know, that's really the crux of it. You know what I mean? The the the, the port of the part of it that all brings it all together. You know. Yeah, and I wonder too, because like even like the generation before us, like they're like, Oh, you guys missed out. We had like <clears throat> Jimmy's and the staircase before it was the staircase in Pittston. They like they they would or the station and all these places that were like you could literally go to a venue every night of the week and find a local band playing or even a cover band playing. And like so there was that generation and then like every generation it seems to kind of like dwindle. Yeah. And I don't know what's next. I don't know. Um, I think if you're at a bar or restaurant, you have to have something for people to do. And that's, I mean, <clears throat> I'm 39. I'm not really going out to the bar. Uh, I've got a kid myself. I'm married. Um, so, like, I'm not doing that except for special occasions, like maybe something that's coming up soon. We'll talk about that at the Jazz Cafe. But I feel like no one wants to sit at a bar and like they stare at the wall. Like you have to have like shuffleboard or you have to have arcade games or something for people to do. Cause they don't want to, they don't want to just sit around and stare at one another. But that's what we did. You know, if we weren't seeing bands play, we were. That's it. Yeah, man. That's what we grew up doing. Was ripping ripping yeah. cigarettes, shooting darts, drinking beers. Life was good. Yeah, man. It's like, I, I mean, I, I actually prefer, like, even even now, like, I prefer going out during the week. I miss those, like, Wednesday nights where you just go shoot pool and smoke cigarettes all night. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like a Wednesday, like a random Wednesday night. But, yeah, man, it's a, it's a shame that the bands, like, it seems like there's less bands that, ex- I, I don't know, maybe if it's not, I'm not as tapped into the scene as I used to be, but it seems like there's just a lot less bands in general, like, I feel like when I was, when we were starting, there was just, there were so many bands, like all the old school ones, like the crushes and the, you know, the Flaxy Morgans and the 40 pound heads, like all those ones that existed forever, George Wesley and whoever else. And, and then there were like all the people in our generation, like the Woody Brown's projects and Dustin and, um, you know, cabinet and Miz and, and, uh, you know, all those guys, Misty mountain, like all the, all those bands that we, we used to hang around and go see like, there were so many bands and now I feel like I don't hear about as many. And again, it could be that I'm an old man and I'm not as tapped into it well, as I used to be. But I, don't I think know. it's because there's less places for people to play for yeah. one. And I think the bands that are like around are better. This is not a knock on anyone who's, you know, was in a band 15 years ago, but they're, they're tighter, so to speak. They're, mm-hmm. they're musically better. Sure. And that maybe, and that, that might come from like, you know, what they record with is better. They have easier access to it. A lot of factors, but I mean, it's just funny how things change over years. And it's like, it sucks. I mean, like we're, we're roughly the same age. I'm a little older than you, obviously, yeah. but like, we, we had, we, we kind of run in the same circle, a lot of 
same friends and we had a great time growing up and being in the bars and going to Sanunas's and beer boys and all those places downtown Wilkesbury. Like <clears throat> it, it was a, I, I, I feel bad almost for kids now because maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't, they don't want to do that, but I, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It was, it, it was just so fun. Like go, like you'd look in the weekender and it would be like, Oh, R.I.P. This band's here. This band's here. This band's here. This band's. Here. I mean, you could have bounced around to eight spots and seen awesome bands at every spot. It would be like, oh, Woody Brown's project's playing at Bones, yeah. you know, or like Miss yeah. Jazz Cafe, or you know, Underground Saints are playing, you know, uh, down in Pittston, and yep. you know, we're at Sununas, and this band's down, you know, down wherever Barton Irby's, and it's like you literally could have gone to like eight nine places and seen awesome bands. I could have personally gone to eight nine places and seen a band that involved someone that I'm friends with in every single band. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just how it was. And now it's like a lot more people come together and play together. You know, there's a lot more crossover with members and stuff like that. Like I said, like we technically share a bassist with Dustin, you know, Matt's been Dustin's bassist for the duration of his band um, being around. And, and Adam, his younger brother has been in my band for 12 years and Matt, was in our band for a year and then left and now he's back. And, you know, it's like, it's kind of just that, that never ending, just weave of being, but it's cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's what makes it fun, but it's just that there isn't more of that still. I think there is still, but it it, it seemed like it was a lot more back then. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, just, there's just more people moving. There's more people supporting the local venues and, you know, going out, you know, drinking beer that's where the venues make money i mean you know from a you know selling beer like that's that's how they make their money they're not they're not making money from a cover charge that's you know probably going to the band Mm -hmm. they're making money on the the four or five dollar beer you're drinking and the um the mixers you're drinking and the the food that they're selling and shit like that yeah shots for sure but yeah it's just a different time it's it's i don't know that it'll ever go back to that I don't think that ever will. No, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it, you know, I, I, I just, maybe, maybe I'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs> right. we'll, be, we'll be going to live shows in the metaverse. Yeah. Well, it's just going to be live shows or just going to be the band's going to play remotely and be on yeah, a live. Not, or, yeah. You'll be, you'll be somewhere. Your bass player will be somewhere. I'll right, be on right, my, yeah. my, on my couch with no Don't pants on real instruments. We'll just be miming it. You know, yeah, I'll be, I'll be on my couch with no pants on. It'd be fucking great. Great. I mean, but, I've always wanted to play a show with no pants on. So, I mean, I mean, I you could this age of the internet, you know, I, I mean, I, that I, might I, make it go viral, bro. That's right. Well, I had this get on TikTok. Vinny from the Vinny from the V spot always bust me because I was rec- during the pandemic last summer. I was recording these uh, videos, like just me playing cover tunes and posting them. But I realized the one time I posted one, I didn't have a shirt on. Now you couldn't even <laughs> keep my full upper body. You could just tell that I didn't have a shirt on. And it got the most views of any of the videos I had posted up to that point. So from then on, every time, from now on, every time I post a video, I have no shirt on. I and mean, always busting me. He's going, you know, he's always saying like, you know, how Vinny is. And he's like, he's busting me about not having a shirt on. I'm like, hey man, it's getting me the views. Whatever brings the eyeballs to the to the screen, you know? Yeah. That's what you got to is- this is the second podcast in a row that Vinny has been brought up. And I mean, he's a huge supporter of, of local music and I love Somehow Vinny. It doesn't and, surprise me. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he and I did a podcast. We were in a tub 
not together. Like he was in his tub at his house. I was in my that's tub great. at my house. So that's great. That's yeah. That sounds exactly like Vinny. I think we need to do that. Vinny, if you're listening to this. We need to do it again. <clears throat> have, on a different have on here. Yeah. Yeah. We with, need to do another hot, hot tub. We wouldn't uh, have got anything done though. If he was, <laughs> he was on here. Yeah. We, uh, we had a good time, but but enough of the, the naysaying and the downers and all that kind of stuff. Like you got a big show coming up Christmas day, Christmas night, I should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. River Street Jazz Cafe. Like and most most venues veer away from uh, a holiday event. I mean, because oh. people are at home with their families. Uh, I mean, I get that, you know, you're probably if you're spending your all day with your family, you want to get the fuck out and <laughs> I mean not kill each other, but um uh, now you're starting to get it. <laughs> yeah, December 25th, River Street Jazz Cafe in Plains, yep. Pennsylvania. Um, so it's it's Sue's and Astrology Days, and you're presenting uh, like a, a tribute to um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, we're covering uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah, talk about that, because I, I want to fuck it up. No, no, you're good. It's uh, So Astrology Days is Ben Travers and Michael Shinko's... Uh, that's their uh, promotion. So they're, they're the promoters. That's why we put it up there with, uh, with our name is presenting the show. Um, this is the 12th year in a row. We're doing Sue's Christmas 12. So we've been doing this every year for 12 years. Last year, obviously, we couldn't do it in person. So what we did was we did, uh, we recorded a, it was a pre-recorded live stream. So it, we edited it so it looked like we were playing live, but we recorded it a few weeks before we, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said, this night started for that reason, because there was nowhere to go on Christmas day after everybody be done with their stuff, you know? And this is when Tom Moran was working at the jazz cafe and we were still trying to like crack in there. Cause that was when we first started writing songs right around that time. And he asked us, he was like, well, when do you guys play Christmas day? And we're like, all right, whatever. You know, we were, 24 years old at the time we didn't care so we played and it was awesome and then we did it the next year and it was awesome and then then it just became a tradition then we kept looking at um so uh so yeah this is the 12th one and this year we decided to so the last few years it's been in association with carb for cancer which is uh the cancer association that we're uh involved with we've played their events and, and all that stuff we were good friends with brent their founder and and everything so we like to donate some money um you know from what we make plus what people want to donate themselves last year when we did the live stream we raised 1300 bucks in 24 hours wow. so hoping to beat that there's a link in the uh well we could talk about that later but um but anyway we decided to cover this year blood sugar sex magic which is uh the critically acclaimed Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I think it's their second album. I don't even think it's their first, but um, it came out in 1991, so 30 year anniversary of it. Um, name I, some name some songs in the album that people might uh, know. Give it away, <laughs> Under the Bridge, Suck My Kiss, Naked in the Rain. Um, all know, the hits. Yeah, all the all the great <clears throat> the ones that made them who they are. Um, but I've been wanting to do a Chili Peppers tribute of some kind for about 10 years now. I've been talking about it. So I finally um, convinced some people to go along with me. And uh, I think the rest of the band hates me for it because they had to learn all the music. I'm just, I'm just the one jumping around and screaming into the microphone. So um, no, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's, 
it's starting to sound really good. Um, we've been rehearsing for about almost two months now. Um, we started rehearsing about middle of October and, uh, it's, it's getting pretty tight. So, so we're looking forward to it. Now I assume that, um, that band is an influence of yours to an extent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's so one of my favorite bands. What, what's it, what's it like <clears throat> trying to do a tribute to one of your idols? I mean, like, it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it in, um, in a bar or whatever, like no one, no one's going to care really like if you nail every note, but I mean, obviously it's like, we're doing this album front to back as a musician. You probably want to nail every single second of it. Right. Absolutely. Is it, what's that like trying to, and knowing that you're putting on the show on and, and, and wanting to kind of pay tribute to that artist. It's cool, man. It's, it's, it always ends up being, so this is like the third or fourth time we've done like some kind of tribute. Like two years ago, we did a Beatles tribute. So we did like one set of the Beatles. So we had like 23 songs. Um, year before that, we did a Mo tribute. Um, I mentioned earlier, we did a Rage Against the Machine tribute, a uh, little mini set like 10 years ago on our fifth anniversary. But it always ends up being every time, you know, you always, these, these artists that we've all grown to love and know for however long they've been around, like the Chili Peppers and the Beatles and so on, you know how awesome they are. But then when you start learning their music, you're like, oh, this is why they're awesome. It's not because like they were, they were granted the, the talent, you know, they were struck with the talent wand on their head. And no, there's, there's real, there's real genius to the way this music is written and, and the chili peppers are no exception to that. Like y- you dive into it, like even just like I'm doing the key part and I'm just like, man, I didn't expect it to be this difficult to, to do like, yeah, you could sing a song, but then when you get like seven songs into the album and you haven't even gotten to get away yet or give it away and you're like, Oh boy, like this is like, this is daunting. Like it's, it's physically hard. And I know it's physically hard for uh, Matt, the Dane, we call him playing bass, you know, trying to, trying to do flea. I know it's physically hard for Adam trying to do for shanty. The one, uh, the one catalyst was, uh, so Josh Karras has been playing with us the past couple of years. He's going to play drums for the set instead of Jay Stefanski, who is our, our regular drummer. And the reason we came to that decision was Josh already knew the album. He, I guess he learned on it years ago. And uh, he already pretty much knew the album top to bottom. So we had him play drums. So that was, that's been the one thing that I think has kept our sanity with it, where he, he, he was so familiar with the songs and how the rhythms go and everything that it was, it made it easier for those guys to kind of fall in with him. And then I just have to worry about the vocal part, but, but it's always like you, you always end up appreciating the artist or the band more because you dive into it and you really see like you almost you almost get a glimpse into what their thought process was and and why they were thinking this or why did he use this guitar voicing or why did he use this tone or or whatever the case may be why did he use this vibrato in his voice like how did he get so low how did he get so high how did he rap so fast or whatever the case may be you know what i mean so it, it's it's been it's been challenging but it's been fun to learn and i've been listening to the record almost every day for for a good <laughs> the better part of two two months so and it, it like it hasn't gotten old yet like like i listen to it all the time and i'm just like i'm still 
like getting the, 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 the pump up from it, you know? So I can't wait to perform it. It's going to be killer. You better get that pump. You got to take your shirt off for that show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be a Red Hot Chili Peppers show without your shirt off. Well, that was the one thing I was saying. I was like, man, am I going to really perform my shirt off? I'm like, I'm going to have to start running more. <laughs> so I've been jogging in the morning just to keep, uh, keep my physique in line. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I watched a couple videos of him, especially like later on. That dude is jacked. Mm-hmm. He's not just cut. Like he's got some size to him too. Like you look at him, you're like, shit, that guy's pretty, he's pretty big. Like, I don't know how tall he is or anything. He's probably like five, six, but he looks big when you see him. You know what I mean? Bro, like, no, maybe I'll just wear a tight shirt. Drugs, sex, <laughs> cigarettes, booze. Like, man, he's all that's your the way he sings, man. He's got to burn a thousand calories per song. And those are, those are your, those are your meals. So right. yeah, you, you throw the, the performances in there or yeah. a simple jog in the park. Yeah. You're, you're going to be ripped. I do two takes on give it away and my abs feel like I've been working out for 45 minutes trying to sing. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. Uh, well, I, I like that, you know, you're associated with the car for cancer. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we lost Brent. Was it in summer 2017, right? Yeah. It'll be five years this year. Yeah. It, and I, I didn't ever, I, I had the pleasure of, of meeting Brent uh, several times. Um, He's good friends with like, you know, Matt Valesky and, and Marty Snyder and yeah. CJ and all those 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 kids. And um, he, he was at Beer Fest one year, I think in two thousand. Oh man, fifteen or sixteen? I forget what year it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that kid always brightened up the room when he was in it. And yeah. I'm not saying that because he's unfortunately no longer no longer here. Um. That's just the honest truth. I mean, it is. It, he was such a a, a bright light, um, and everyone will, will will say the same thing. And I remember, <clears throat> I was actually in Maryland when he had passed, or when I heard that he had passed, and I, I was wearing one of the, the bands for Brent on my wrist. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't I didn't know him that well at all, but something about hearing that he had passed like just it, it took me back a minute and i don't know i don't know why and i guess that just speaks to who he was as a person and and what he contributed to our area and just the people around him he's just he's just a good kid and such a nice genuine kid and um you know we're we're unfortunate to be without him right now and yeah, I just again, I, I didn't know. I, I, so I can't imagine like you know his real friends and real family, and how they must feel and and the, the loss they experienced. Because, like I said, I, I didn't know him that well, and I, I was kind of floored for right. a moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's funny you say that because I honestly didn't know him that well either. But that's how much of an impact he had. I mean, I've I've done every single one of the benefits. I'm the only person that's played all of them. Um, my best friend, Josh Frank is the president of car for cancer now. Um, and this was all, we didn't know him that well. Like I grew up like Josh, I just mentioned, I grew up with Josh. I've known him for 20 some years. He only met Brent because when Brent moved to Philly, Brent texted him and said, Hey man, we know some of the same people. We should probably hang out. And they did. And now Josh is the president of Car for Cancer. Yeah. And it was the same thing with me. Like I I knew we knew each other 
we had mutual friends. Um, so it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, like you can probably feel with me and I feel with you. Like, even though we don't really know each other that well, like it kind of feels like we know each other, you know what yeah. I mean? We're the same kind of person. We hang out with the same kind of people. So like through that, you can, you get that, you get that general connection with somebody where you're like, yeah, this is my kind of dude, you know, like he yeah. knows all the same people I know and blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of the same thing with Brent. So the one year um, we went to see Mo at the uh, electric factory down in Philly. And this was when Brent was sick and I couldn't leave when all my other buddies were, were leaving for the show. So Brandon Chaffron, who was the original bassist in our band, um, he was good friends with Brent as well. And he, he actually was better friends with him at the time than I was. And he said, Hey, uh, you know, Brent's driving down later. You could ride with him. I was like, yeah, cool, man. Like I know Brent, like I, I know him a little bit, like whatever. So like at this point, like we had never spent any like extensive time with each other. And that two, two and a half hour ride from here to Philly was everything. Like yeah. we, it was the whole, it was the whole thing. I mean, it was 20 years of friendship wrapped up in a car ride. And I still take that with me to this day because it was just crazy. Like, it was just like, like he, he told me about his diagnosis and he, he went into a lot of personal stuff that like, you don't really necessarily have to tell someone that you don't know, or yeah. might even be willing to tell someone you don't really know that well. But he was, again, it was that, it was that Valley kind of connection where it was like, yeah, I know this guy. Like I, I know this same person just in someone else's body. I've known this same guy for 20 years, so I can tell this guy anything. And that's what it was. And he told me a lot of stuff and we shared a lot of things and, and we became really close after that. And that was, I think the second time he was sick. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That was the first time he was sick because then he started uh, car for cancer when he got better. And he asked us to play the original benefit he had. It wasn't called Card for Cancer, but it was the same foundation. Um, he had a benefit at Rodano's and asked us to play it. So we did. And then once he started the, the ski event, um, I had played it. I played every year with either Suze or myself solo a couple times or with like a group of guys. I played with like a, like a hodgepodge of people a couple of years ago. Um, but like, to your point, like that was the impact that he made on me. I mean, I have a tattoo. I don't know if you can see it. I got that tattoo for him. Yeah. And I, you know, I knew the guy a year and a half, two years, but it felt like I knew him forever. And I've since become close with his parents. I mean, his parents, his parents came out to see me play at river grill on the one year anniversary that he died. They came to see me specifically. Like they didn't just like show up at river grill and I was playing. They came out to see me on the day that their son died. And that to me was just everything. And it was like, when you see that, when you see those people and the kind of people that they are, you realize why he was so special. And um, I mean, it's a special family, you know, really. And they're some of the most resilient people on the planet. You know, he was one of the toughest, if not the toughest person I've ever met because he beat cancer twice. I don't know anybody else that's done that, you know? Yeah. Um, it just a, just a special guy, and it, and it, it's it's just fun to it's fun to carry his legacy on, and it's an honor, you know, to to try to continue to build what he or continue to grow what he built, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm unfortunate. I just I remember him his smile at uh, the beer fest in Lenox City, and um, his smile at uh, Alan Mikowski's, uh lake party. Yeah, and those are the those are the two memories that I have of him and. 
um you're just just such a good kid and uh yeah it's unfortunate that you know we're here without him but you know it's really great that there's people like you and the the car for cancer foundation that continues to to live on in his name and and provide you know money and 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 things like that for you know research and so brent's uh this is going to sound corny, but this this buds for you, Adam. Cheers to you, and cheers to Brent, and cheers to Sue, oh, and all that hey, kind of good stuff. Absolutely. We like to call him Uncle Brent. Uncle Brent. So cheers to Uncle Brent. Yeah. And one thing yeah. I just want to add, real quick, the coolest, the you know, a cancer story is not cool, but the the cool part of his story is he was only given. I don't want to misspeak. I want to say it was like eight months to live when he was first diagnosed. His, his form of cancer was like super, super rare. It was some really rare form of lymphoma that like only a few people on the planet had ever had. He lived for eight years. Wow. And just from him living for eight years, like I always think about this. This is to me the most profound part of his whole story is that he's saved God knows how many lives because they were able to research his cancer while he was still alive and figure it out. And now they're treating it better. So like this guy stayed alive for eight years and and probably saved, you know, in turn, eventually probably thousands, millions of lives at some point, you know? And it's just like that part of it is so, I think that part of it is so awesome. You know, that like that, 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 that came of it, you know what I mean? You're, you're right. Turns into that, you know. You know, it, it's I'm a I'm a big um, everything happens for a reason kind of guy, and as shitty as it is, and um, you know, there's there's a million things that happen to people that are terrible, and you can try and find reasons why it's you know why 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 it happened for a reason, right? And you know, yeah, it's terrible that he's not here, but to what you said. If he was he was able to stick around for eight years and and have that's those studies being done and the, the research being done and you know that's that's pretty wild that he could, yeah, could do that and yeah. unbelievable you know yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome the, that's the greatest part of it so yeah but yeah Brent we miss you I, like I said I, yep. didn't, I didn't know him that well but he was uh, Daily it, it rocked me I mean. It was weird. Yeah. It was. It was. I felt. I felt guilty. Feel like feeling bad because I was like, I don't even know this kid. And I said to my wife, like, I, I, I was literally. I think I I got the band, uh, at River Grill because I think they did a a mustache bash. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I played. The, oh, maybe I did see you then. Yeah, you probably did. Or or I left early. I don't know. Hirsch was probably, Hirsch was probably talking your ear off. Yeah, or or trying to. Yeah. God damn, that guy's the worst. But uh, so yeah, yeah. I just remember and then if. Yeah, but but yeah. So you know, thank you for doing what you do and and contributing to you know that foundation. And and hey, we're having a good time on uh, December twenty fifth. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you mentioned so not only are you and we'll get back to the show to wrap things up, but um, you're also uh, you work for Northeast Eagle. Mm-hmm. That's why. Again, I, I have uh, for those of you just listening, I have some Bud Light seltzers. That's why I, I said this buds for you to to Brent. Um, what's 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 working? What's what's it like working in the uh, the beer industry? It's an interesting field. 
<laughs> um, it's fun. It's um, it's demanding sometimes, but uh, but ultimately, it's it's a cool job. Um, you know, you get to you get to you get some like perks out of it. You know, you get to build these relationships with these with a lot of these people. I mean. I've been playing around the area for so long that a lot of these people that I take, cause I have the Wilkes bear route. So I take care of all the downtown bars. Oh, sweet. Um, you know, bruise brothers down in Pittston, you know, Sabatini's is mine. I take care of three guys in Kingston, the one up in uh, mountaintop, um, you know, so on and so forth. But so a lot of these people I already had a relationship with a lot of these pe- people I've built a relationship with. Like I, I become really close with the guy who owns Marty's blue room. Mm-hmm. um his name's jim and uh he's a great he's a great guy and never in my life would i ever think i'd be saying that sentence but like he's he's actually become like a friend of mine he's 65 years old but like he and i are friends and we get along and we joke around and we bust each other's chops and you know that's like that's one of many relationships that i've forged through the job um with some of these people where it's just like wow this is this is pretty cool that you get to know some of these people. And then, like I said, you get, there's some little perks that you get, you know, you might get uh, a drink faster here and there, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever the case may be, but um, the appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. You know, it's like, I, I never thought it would be so, but it's, it's almost like music where like, you know, people listen to your stuff. Like when I see people drinking our beer, or like a beer that I sold, to a bar or something I, I like i get like a kick out of it it's kind of like it's like oh that's cool man he's drinking my beer like look at that you know it's not my beer but you know what i'm right. saying yeah of course so yeah it's a, it's a it's a cool job and i work for anheuser-busch i mean it's 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 a good uh it's a good uh flag to plant into the ground yeah you know, it's like one of the biggest companies in the world and bud light's one of the biggest brands in the world and you know we get cool clothes that we can get and you know merchandise stuff and so it's 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 fun it's definitely fun i think the last time that i saw you in person again we didn't say a word to each other <laughs> and i don't know if you'll remember this or not but uh we were at um i was at the uh radio station it was probably 2019 i want to say um i was at the r bar and grill <laughs> Kieran Inglis was there. He was working for LT Verastro. Yeah, right. And you were in the corner. You were waiting for the owner or whatever. And Kieran had shouted over to you because you guys are obviously friends. And yeah, I was there. And like again, I was like, I know who you are, and I know you know who I am. But like, we didn't say a word. I just go on sure. those like nods or whatever, and yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, waiting for my turn with the sales call. Yeah, I used yeah. to bump into Kieran all the time on the route. Yeah. Cause he, he took care of what we both, why well, take care of Wegmans and Wilkes-Barre and he, that was one of his accounts. And then obviously our bar. Yeah. I would see him down there. We would do the sales call with Lauren on Fridays, Friday mornings. That was like the only time she was around. So yeah. we'd go see her on Fridays and I'd bump into him, but he's a good dude. I, he just bought the white house recently. Yeah. How about that? So like, you know, he, he had messaged me saying, Hey, uh, I'm leaving for Astro. And he didn't allude to any kind of like, news uh he just said he was you know just time was time was done and and right. know, time for something else and so that's cool man like he was talking about his, his wife i think owns a salon and he was talking about helping out with that and doing marketing yada 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 and possibly getting t-shirts made because i work at axelrad yeah. now and all that kind of fun stuff and then i i was actually at a blue october show at the sherman theater 
And I remember being on my phone and people started sharing the what and I and I heard the White House was being sold. And then I and I heard, I saw people sharing it that like it was Kieran and his wife. And I'm like, the fuck is going on here? Like why I'm like, I do you even do you cook, bro? Like I, I don't even know like what 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 is happening? I, I, I my text to him was I said, one, congratulations. Two, I have so many questions. That was my text to him. I'm like, I don't well, know. <laughs> it's funny because we I was at the uh I went to the Derek Truck show at the Kirby Center back in I think it was August. Uh, a buddy of mine had an extra ticket because of what his wife couldn't go. So we went to the show and I ended up getting pretty tuned up actually. Uh, again, one of the perks working for Northeast Eagle. Don't get high on your own supply, bro. That's one the rule. Of, <laughs> one of the guys that bartends at uh, at the Kirby is Tony Casarella, and he's a longtime employee at Northeast Eagle. He has like uh, he has a route down down south, but so he was tossing us a couple of Bud Light aluminums, sure. you know, on the uh, on the on the under. And so by the time I got to Franklin's, I was I was feeling pretty good, and I hadn't eaten all night, so I got some food. And I remember him, remember Kieran coming over and talking to me and my buddy. And I was so like focused on the food because I was starving. <laughs> I had a nice buzz going. Then like he was there, but I wasn't really like turning around to listen to him. I was just kind of like, yeah, I hear it. And I heard him, I overheard him saying it to my buddy that he was buying it. And then like a couple days went by and I ran, I think I ran into him somewhere or I forget what happened. I was like, are you buying the White House? Did I hear that right? Like it was one of those things where it was like the recall, like came back like three days later. And I was like, wait, I remember hearing you say that you were buying the White House diner. <laughs> and he explained it. I guess his wife, they share the parking lot. So like her, oh, okay. like borders the parking lot of the White House. So I guess it just made sense, because um, it helps her business to have like more parking. Sure. Because I, I, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with that area. I like, know, I know where the White House is. I, I didn't know where his wife's uh, salon was. Like again, I, I my text to him was congrats, and two, I have so many questions. Like <laughs> I need to know more. And we we that was back in October. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked more than. Um, you know, he disrespected me. Uh, I, I'll put this on record. He wanted to get some hats done uh, in specific style hats. I sent him yeah. a link to the, the style hats that he wanted. Right. Same exact thing, but because it came from a different website or it was maybe mis- like or labeled a different thing because it came from a supplier that I worked with. Right. He's like, uh, I don't trust you. Like He didn't say that, those words, but he's like, uh no no I, I you know if I'm gonna spend some money I'm, I want to make sure it's the right stuff I'm like oh excuse me I I, I you're right I'm not good at my job I don't know what I'm talking about whatever you want to do go ahead and do it <laughs> and then like two weeks later he's like oh yeah those were the same hats <laughs> and yeah, I, said, thanks, I told you <laughs> told you man but, uh, like, but you know I'm not good at my job so you don't want to listen to me he's like right so he wrote back. He goes, and I haven't talked to him since. I, I should probably text him and, and uh, see how he's doing. But um, text, text him and tell him to check out the podcast. I will find like, out oh, about all this right here. We talked shit on you all night. Me and yeah. Adam talked shit on you all night. Check out the podcast, man. He will. That'll be my best listen. He'll listen 100 percent the whole thing to hear his name and we talk shit on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, I, I don't know how we we've never uh, had the pleasure of. Uh, speaking to each other at length. So thank you for, for doing this. I had a lot of fun. Um, 
But tell people again what uh, what's going on December 25th at the River Street Jazz Cafe. So December 25th at the River Street Jazz Cafe, Sue's Christmas 12, we will be paying tribute to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, covering Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which is their critically acclaimed album from 1991. So this is the 30th anniversary. Features tunes as such as Under the Bridge, Give It Away, Suck My Kiss, Righteous and the Wicked, Sir Psycho Sexy, on and on and on. Um, there's an event on Facebook for it. You could search Sue's Christmas 12 and we use the, the Roman numeral 12. So X and two I's. And then in that event, there's a link where you can donate to Carb for Cancer. So we're going to have the link set up in the event for the duration that the event is on Facebook until the actual day of the show. And then at the show, we're going to have a QR code um set up by the i mean if you have cash you could donate cash too we'll have an area to do that but we're going to set up a qr code near the door and then maybe near the stage if people feel so inclined to donate and they don't have any cash on them they could just hit the qr code and however the technology works i i I didn't get that far into it i just know that the qr code is linked to the link with uh the donation for car for cancer and it'll be on our behalf so we'll be donating it as sues but We'd love for people to donate. We raised 1300 bucks in 24 hours last year on our live stream for it. So we're hoping to uh, top that number, hopefully. And people can donate. You know, They don't have to come to the show. They could donate via that link. Yeah, the, yeah. The you, can, page. you can't make it to the show and you want to give some money. Um, you just, you just uh, I mean, I'll post it on my Facebook and stuff like that throughout the next couple uh, weeks. And if you search the event, it's, again, Sue's Christmas 12th the Roman numeral 12, it should come up. And in that event, the, uh, the link is in there. So, or you can go directly to car for cancer and, you know, you can donate that way too. It doesn't have to necessarily be through our link, but you know, cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to uh, share that event on my, cool. uh, the Popco project page as well. So Appreciate it. dude, uh, I feel like we missed out on a lot of years together. Definitely. We should have I, a great we should we definitely should uh i feel like i said i feel like we we missed that in a lot of years together um i feel like we were we were there but we weren't yeah there's a lot more left man i'm not yeah. going anywhere oh yeah me neither so <laughs> but yeah it was a pleasure talking to you um yeah, you, too, man. you know I, i've heard great things about sues and obviously you continue every year to do at least one show and <clears throat> not only provide a good time to the audience but also help raise some money for a great cause so thank you for doing what you do um, I, I do feel, I do feel like I, I missed out on, on Sue's over the past years, but, uh, we'll make up for that. For well, sure. I'll be, I'll be posting, I'll be posting the, uh, the show from last year in the next coming days, just to read oh, sweet. And then, uh, we are filming this, this year. So, Oh, cool. I will, I will send that over to you when we get it, uh, finished and edited. That's awesome. It comes and you can check it out. Cool. Well, Adam, hopefully, hopefully I won't curse too much in the video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this 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 album is perverted. That's yeah. another thing you discover yeah. when you read somebody's lyrics. You're like, "Oh, baby, I don't know if I want my mom." To this job. <laughs> She's heard it before. Yeah, she absolutely has. <laughs> Probably from me. So, <laughs> well, dude, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate your time, and, and I appreciate you know, thanks you for, thank you. Yeah, thanks for doing what you do, and thanks for doing uh, what you do. By the way, oh, th- thank you. A uh, platform to talk about their their stuff and brag about themselves. It's, it's, it's cool. So dude, it's, it's, it's an honor for me. Um, I always say that this is a, a selfish 
thing on my part because, you know, I, I don't know if you know this or, or you know, I used to have a radio show and when that got put on hiatus, I, I, I kind of I felt like I felt lost and I felt like I needed the, the scene and, and people like you totally. more than you needed me. So like, how can I weasel my way into the, the, the their lives again? And, and so I'm like, well, let's just keep doing what I was doing and just this way and hopefully people enjoy it and hopefully people find value in it and, and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. So thank you for the kind words. I, I hope that, uh, I can provide that and we'll do, we'll do good things together. Yeah. And it's fun to talk, you know? Yeah. Always fun to talk. So, and you oh. got my numbers. So if you're ever bored, you can call me and we'll talk. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll <laughs> talk. We'll go out for a beer. That's right. Man. Hopefully, you know, the, the Bud Light Seltzer, uh, Seltzer Nog isn't bad. I forget what I had. Uh, I don't know if it was the cherry cordial or if it was the other one. I forget. I'm not a big seltzer guy. Like I, we, got, we got the hard colas coming out this year. That's the ooh, big one coming ooh. out. You heard it here first. Colas, hard, hard colas. colas. Can you like the jolt? Can you add some booze to the jolt? Remember <laughs> yeah. jolt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like black cherry, orange, lime, and cold like regular cola flavor. So yeah. And then they're coming out with a sour one too. I don't know how that one's. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cool things coming from Anheuser Busch in 2020. All right, you heard it here first. And maybe from Sue's. Who knows? Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. I think 2022 is going to be the year. It's the year. The, 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 the ultimate year. rebound. That's right, man. It's like it's like the year. It's like you know, 2020 and 2021 was that girl that you dated, wasted two years of your life on, and you're going to rebound. Yeah. Well, and we're doing something similar to at uh, Carp for Cancer this year too. Carp for Cancer is coming back at Montage on February 5th. So we're actually headlining the show and we're going to do a version of this chili pepper set. So sweet. So if you want to come out to that, that's an early night. You could bring the little guy. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, <clears throat> as you know, you, you got kids. It's like you try and try and do things with the family. Sure. My daughter comes every year. Sweet. Well, hopefully you know, that, that'd, that'd be a nice day out. Yeah, I'll, show you, I'll show you a reminder when it's yeah, coming please, up. Please do. Yeah. Cause oh, sure. we're always looking for AJ, things AJ to do. Jump is booking the music this year. Yeah, they're yeah. looking for it. So it's funny you, you mentioned AJ, or I'm sorry, you were, you, were, you mentioned AJ just now, but before you're like, oh yeah, we can't all be like these music savants or whatever. I was gonna say like, yeah, we can't all be fucking AJ Jump, you know, Berkeley educated and all that kind of he, shit. Well, he would hear this, but he's probably playing with another band right now. So yeah, the fucking ten bands that he's in, <laughs> or he he'd hear this, or or he can't because he can't hear at all. <laughs> one or the other. One or the other. All right, dude. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, and I always say, uh, hopefully I'll see you sooner than later. Absolutely. I'll talk to All you right, soon. Thanks, Thank dude. You. All right, see ya. See ya.